Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a new coordinated strike. Welcome back to Coordinated Strike. As always, I'm your host, Joe, and we have an action-packed uh, day for you in terms of Coordinated Strike. So, get the big announcements out of the way. Uh, Weird has announced they have all of this stuff in, and they are beginning shipping to their distribution partners across the globe. Uh, U.S. domestic orders will be filled after those uh, giant bundles have been sent out to the Kickstarter distributors in Europe, Australia, uh, and other points unknown. Uh, so we should be starting to see product here uh, fairly shortly, uh, a couple more weeks. I know we've, this seems like forever uh, since we've had some positive news, but this is news in a good direction. Uh, very exciting. Uh, very excited for We're glad they finally got everything in-house and that they're starting to then be able to ship it out. Um, what's also exciting about this because of the way that they're doing it, which makes a lot of sense because shipping giant pallets uh, especially when everything is, is as boxed as it is when it comes to you, uh, is a lot easier and a lot quicker uh, than doing individualized orders. And so they will get those giant pallets out to their distributors uh, across the globe. We will then uh, get our domestic orders here. And if it's coordinated uh, fairly like it could be, I mean, we could see a near simultaneous global release to Kickstarter backers, which is pretty cool. It's, it's nice that Europe is not... It's nice that Europe... And Australia and uh, Asia, other places that have uh, been supportive of the game, aren't going to have to, to wait as they sometimes have to do uh, for American-based Kickstarter. So I think it's pretty cool that, that we're just doing that um, for all of our international partners. And then they'll get to our stuff pretty quickly. So as a, U- as a U.S. domestic guy, I'm, I'm okay with a little bit of, of this because I understand the logistics involved and that kind of thing. So that is exciting. Um, additionally, on today's shows, we are going to get triggered and get a little trigger happy. We're going to discuss uh, discuss some trigger timings uh, for fun and for profit. Uh, additionally, we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into the components of a turn. Uh, we talked last week a lot about actions and the action sequence, and today I want to take a deep dive into the turn, uh, the turn components, and kind of what that means to you as a player. So we're going to go ahead, get right into it. So let's talk triggers. So triggers are on, going to be on your unit card. They can also be on your asset card. And some can be on, wait for it, the allegiance card. Okay, so what is a trigger? Um, essentially, a trigger is an additional action or thing that happens during an action because certain criteria are met. This can be something as simple as meeting... The, it could have a requirement of a suit, which means you have to have that suit in your total in order to do it. Uh, it could be something like a margin trigger. And we kind of talked about that in our last episode. And basically what a margin trigger is, it's the difference in the duel. And all of those are spent. So if, if you're beating, if you have a, a tome in your, uh, in your final duel total, and your final duel total is beating your opponent's due total by five. You have basically to spend on triggers a tome and five margin. So 
you could resolve one trigger that has a tome in it, because it would pay for that, and then that tome would be gone. You couldn't resolve any more triggers that needed a tome because you've already spent it. Then you'd have the option to utilize your your five margin. That five margin could be used to for the universal trigger, which is the powerful attack. So as we get into the book here, go to triggers. Trigger is an additional outcome of a successful duel. In order to activate a trigger, fire team must either have one or more specific suits in the final due total or a certain margin value, as noted on the mark trigger's name. When a player declares a trigger, they spend the indicated suit or margin value for their total duel. Uh, spent suits are removed from the final due total, while spent margin reduces the fire team's remaining margin by the appropriate amount. Each trigger may only be declared once per duel, though a player may declare multiple triggers if they have suits and are margins to purchase them. Small caveat to this, there are certain triggers that will let you know that you can declare them more than once, but the trigger itself will tell you that in the wording of it. Um, powerful attack is one of those. It can be used as many times as you have that margin to spend. If a fire team is resolving multiple triggers, they must re resolve in the order they are present on the unit's card from top to bottom. If a unit gains a trigger that is not printed on the unit card, i.e. from an allegiance card or an asset card, that trigger is added to the end of any other triggers. If a unit gains multiple triggers in this way, the unit's controller may choose the order in which these additional triggers are added to the card. So the main thing you need to understand here is if you have multiple triggers that you are resolving that are on your card, they are resolved in the order in which they appear on the card. So something on the card will take priority in resolution during the timing step that it will resolve at. So by default, most triggers are resolved during the resolve action step of the action. Some triggers might have special timing, however, as indicated in the text. The most common of the special timing is immediately. Again, we're going to go back to Powerful Attack because Powerful Attack has the Immediately Clause in it. So Powerful Attack again says, Margin 5 Trigger, Powerful Attack. If this action has Strength, immediately increase its Strength by 1. This trigger may be declared multiple times. So during the Immediately, it is resolved immediately. So it is resolved during the Declared Trigger step before the action itself is resolved therefore may modify the outcome of the duel. Often these, trigger, these triggers modify the amount of damage caused by the action. And sometimes a trigger will result in an additional action. In this case, the additional action is resolved after the rest of the resolve action step. So again, on, on the sequencing, when you resolve an action, there are two sub-steps. So when you're, when you're going through an action, we're going to go through the, the parts of the action again. You're going to declare the action. You're going to perform the duel. Parts of the duel are flip a card, modification, determination of success, and declaration of triggers. During declaration of triggers, any that have the immediate clause would resolve, and they'd resolve in the order in which they appear on your card. Then we go into the resolve effects phase. 
which is that we go into the resolve action. Resolve action has two sub two sub parts. The first part is resolve effects. With the res when you resolve the action's effects as listed in its text, if a duel was required to perform the action, you may resolve the action's effects as if the duel if the duel was successful. If the duel failed, there is no effects. In the event that an effect of an action involves a strength value, follow the process for resolving damage, which includes removing any killed models from the board. So this is an important thing. The triggers in this game are based off of the success of the hit. So in the action phase, basically that determination of success, that lets you know if you can take the triggers. If you can declare the triggers. Resolve effects, you're going to do damage. And the the uh, the actions that the triggers that were resolved and declared triggers, which are the ones that simply have the immediately clause in them, then damage is going to happen, which is the resolve effects phase. Then we are going to the second part of resolve action. After resolve effects, we resolve triggers. So after resolving the action's effects, we resolve any triggers generated by the action that we have not already resolved in the declared triggers phase. Triggers must be resolved in the order they are listed on the cards, and sometimes that trigger will result in an additional action. In these cases, the additional action is taken after the resolve action step is fully completed. Additional note on additional actions. Some actions or their triggers are capable of generating additional actions. If a fire team is unable to take an additional action, perhaps there is no legal target in range, then the additional action is ignored. As for the restriction, additional actions cannot, cre cannot create additional actions of their own. So if they would do so, any subsequent additional actions are ignored. So basically, you can still resolve triggers on additional actions with the exception that you cannot create any additional actions on an already, on an action that you've gotten additionally. I know that's a, that's a long way to go for something that's pretty simple. Basically, if you, you have something that gives you an extra action, you get to take that action. You get to declare triggers off that action, but you cannot generate any further actions from it. So there's no, there's no whirlwind effects here. There's, you know, that's basically one and done as far as that goes. So the big thing on the timing is that immediately happens during declare effects phase. Then you resolve effects. Those effects include damaging and killing of models. Then you will then it goes to a, sec, a separate phase of the resolution phase, which is resolving the triggers. And those triggers are resolved in the order in which you, they appear on your card. Anything extra that you're getting the trigger you're getting from your allegiance card or an asset card that is not printed on your physical card is on the bottom of your card in terms of where it where it fits. And then you get to determine where on the bottom of your card those additional actions are listed and how as you as you are the controller. So that's triggers. I mean it's it's pretty clear. Um, it sounds a little more, it reads a little more complicated than it actually is. If you are familiar with how weird this other game works, um, the easiest thing to tell you 
is that immediately happens right when it says it. it happens immediately. So it happens as soon as you declare the trigger because it is affecting the strength. Um, the, the Malifaux equivalent for what the rest of the timing is, for the most part, is after succeeding. So most of the triggers do not have a damage clause in them. Some do. Uh, the big one that I can remember is on the eel, there is the consume trigger, which states, after resolving this effect, if it did damage, do one additional damage with no penetration flip. So that is, the, that is the only trigger that I can think of that requires you to do damage in order to resolve it. The rest, for the most part, are after succeeding in terms of the Malifaux timing. So you'll go through, you'll do damage. As long as you hit, as long as you hit, don't have to hit damage, those triggers will then resolve, and they resolve in the order in which they appear on your card. So hopefully that clears up some triggers for you. Hopefully it wasn't too triggering uh, to hear about it. So let's get back to the other part that I want to talk about in this episode, and that is the beautiful thing that is playing this game, the turn itself. So when playing the game, it's really divided into three different parts. The turn, really divided into three parts, and that's the turn. And the turn consists of three phases. The start phase, the activation phase, and the end phase. So every game on the other side is going to be split up into five turns. Each of those turns is going to have a start phase, an activation phase, and an end phase. So what makes up the start phase? The start phase is comprised of three parts. What are those three parts, you may say, Joe? Well, I'm going to tell you. They are planning. During planning, this is when you're going to generate tactics tokens. And in a game of the other side, you always get two tactics tokens for playing a game of the other side, plus two tactics tokens for each commander that was hired at the start of the game. So in a two-commander game, standard size for the game, you would receive six because you're getting two for playing a game of the other side and two for each commander that was present at the start of the game that you hired. You hired two of them. Two plus two is four, plus two is six. So you get six tokens in a two-commander game. Then, starting with the player that has initiative, each player may reinforce any number of their units that can legally reinforce. Then in, the then in the start phase, from planning, we go to the upkeep phase. The up or the upkeep step. During upkeep, starting with the player with initiative, each player resolves all start of turn effects that affect their allegiance units or fire teams. The player may choose to resolve these effects in any order, and if there are multiple effects affecting one of their units, the player may choose the order in which those effects resolve. So you as the player are pretty much always in control in this game. You get a lot of the say in the timing of these effects that are that occur, and they'll occur during upkeep. So this is when start of turn movement effects would occur, like the Crow Runners. Um, this is when you would discard a card to move your portals, if you're playing Cult of the Burning Man. 
this is when you would spend a tactics token to bring back uh, and summon a, a unit that was that was or a a squad that was slain. If you're playing gibbering hordes, this is when you do your your dance party. If you're uh, King's Empire, can't really think of anything that they have that goes off during this phase. And I'm sure a King's Empire player is going to shoot me an email and correct me on that. Then final part of the start phase, you get to draw cards. So, starting with the player with initiative, each player may discard any number of tactics tokens to then draw that many fate cards into their control hand. Then, starting again with the player with initiative, each player may purchase any number of stratagem cards. So, you pay for your cards first, then you can buy any of your stratagem cards, and you do that in initiative order. And... The starting hands are actually resolved, or the uh, are resolved first. Now it does say you can buy as many cards as you want. It still leaves you with the restriction of six cards in hand. So you could draw, you know, you could spend seven tactics tokens, get seven cards, but one of those cards you're then going to have to immediately discard once you've drawn them all into your hand, because you can never have more than seven cards or more than six cards in your control hand. Uh, during the Then we come to the second phase of the turn, which is the activation phase. This is when the action happens. During the activation phase, each player is going to take turns activating their units. How novel. Uh, the player that has initiative has the first activation of a turn. Then the players take turns activating units that have not yet activated. So when you get the chance to activate, the first thing you get to do, the very first part of the activation phase, when it is your activation, you can play a stratagem. And you can play one stratagem card from your hand per activation. So when you're, if you're wondering when the stratagem cards come into play, it's at the first part of an activation phase where you are activating one of your units. Then... After you've played your stratagem, you get to choose your unit. You can either pass or choose a unit to activate. If you choose to activate a unit, any effects that occur when that unit activates are resolved now. This would also be when you would generate tactics tokens if that unit has a tactics value. What that means is its controller is going to gain a number of tactics tokens equal to its tactics value. This is most commonly seen on commanders. Um, there are also some fire teams or assets that will grant other units the tactics ability. So you're going to choose your unit. You're either going to pass or you're going to choose a unit to activate. So here's an interesting bit of interaction. When you are out of activations, in the most technical of senses, you still get your turn. You are just passing. But because of the activation phase sequencing, you can still, if you are out of models, you can still, or model out of activations, you can still play stratagems when it would be your turn. Because the play stratagems occurs first, then you choose a unit to either pass or choose a unit to activate. Even if you're forced to pass, you still go through the activation phase 
meaning you would still get the chance to play a stratagem, and then you would have to choose to pass because you have no legal target to activate. So then, after you've chosen your unit, the second part, or the third part of the activation phase, is you're going to give an order to your unit. So the unit is going to be given an order, and then that unit executes that order. So let's talk orders real quick. There are three orders in the game. Uh, they are given during the activation phase in the third part, which says give orders. All fire teams in the unit are going to execute the same order, uh, but fire teams in the same unit may declare different actions from each other, as long as they are legal for them to take. If a fire team is able to take multiple actions, those actions must be taken in immediate succession. Uh, the orders that may be given to units are as follows. They can advance. Any number of fire teams in the unit may take an action. All fire teams in the unit may then move a number of inches up to their speed. It's acting value. Uh, when this movement, if any, is completed, any fire teams that, not have, that have not already performed an action, this activation may do so. So that's, that's advance. It's the most basic action. So any number of fire teams may take an action. Then all fire teams in the unit may then move a number of inches up to their speed. And when that movement, if they take any, is completed, any fire teams that have not already performed an action in this activation may do so. Second type, of second type of order is rush. The rush order cannot be given if fire team is engaged. Each fire team in the unit may move a number of inches up to twice its speed after moving. So the first thing that happens in this action, in this order, is you would move up to twice your speed. Then every fire team in this unit may perform a claw action if able. Third type of order is a focused effort. The unit gains a token, it gains a non-tactics token of its choice. Then each fire team in the unit may perform an action. There is no movement granted with focused effort. So those are the three orders that can be given in part three, give orders of the activation phase. Subpart four, end activation. This unit's activation ends. Resolve any effects that happen at the end of this unit's activation, like drawing a card if you are smart enough to put an Abyssinian engineer in your unit that you're activating. All right. Now we come to the namesake of the show, Coordinated Strike. This is a subpart of the end, end activation phase. Coordinated Strike. If you have only activated one unit since your opponent's last activation, you may choose to activate another unit. If neither the chosen unit nor that unit that just finished its activation is a commander, you must discard a tactics token to make a Coordinated Strike. So this is the cool thing about coordinated strikes. There is an element um, to it where there's a discount if it involves your commanders. So if your commander activates and then afterwards you have another one of your units activate in a coordinated strike, there is no tactics token that you have to pay. Likewise, if you have a, one of your other units activate and then have your commander go, one of your commanders go as part of a coordinated strike, there is no additional tactics token to pay for your coordinated strike. However, if a non-commander unit goes, and then you coordinate a strike into a non-commander unit, 
that cost you a tactics token. So pretty simple, really powerful ability. Um, you can use it multiple times because it's not by turn, it's by last activation. So if you only have activated one unit since your opponent's last activation, you can choose to activate another unit. So you can dogpile these pretty, pretty regularly. You just can't do them back to back. So then we're going to come to pass. So when a player has an opportunity to activate a unit, which is the second part of the activation phase, that player may instead discard a card from the control hand to pass. If this happens, the player passes the opportunity to activate a unit to the opponent. This does not prevent the player from activating units later in the turn. If a player has no unit they can legally activate, they must pass when given the opportunity. In this case, the player does not have to discard a card to pass. Once, players have pa once both players have passed in a row, the activation phase immediately ends, even if some of those units have not activated that turn. So you can, you can pass in the middle of a turn, but your opponent could just as easily pass right after you, and then that turn immediately ends. Remember, there's only five turns in the game. So, a special note on initiative. On the first turn of the game, the attacker has initiative. On subsequent turns, the player who did not activate the last unit on the previous turn has initiative. So the last phase of the game, last phase of a turn, is the end phase. The end phase has two steps to it. Score and the shuffling of decks. So you're going, each player is going to score victory points as described by the operation. The operations tell you exactly how you gain points. And so you'll tally your points during this portion. Then you're going to shuffle your deck. Each player shuffles their discard pile into their fate deck. And that's done in the end phase of every turn. All right, and a special note for those that are that are that have any concern on timing. Sometimes two effects may have the same timing. In this case, the acting player can choose the order in which the effects resolve. So what is an acting player? When we refer to acting, this is player unit or fire team, this refers to the currently activated unit or the fire team currently resolving an order as appropriate. The acting player is the player that controls the acting unit. So pretty, pretty simple uh, as far as that goes. So that, so those are the parts of the turn. Again, the three parts, the start phase, the activation phase, and the end phase. So in the start phase, we're going to do three things. We're going to have a planning sub-step uh, where we're going to gain our tactics tokens. We're going to do our reinforcement. Then we're going to go to upkeep. During upkeep, starting the player with initiative, we're going to resolve any effects uh, for their allegiance, the units, or the fire teams. We're going to resolve them in any order. And if there are multiple effects affecting one unit, the player 
may choose an order in which those effects resolve. And that, again, always begins with player with initiative, and then it goes over the player with, without initiative. Then, in that same start phase, we're going to have the option to draw some cards. And with that, we're going to discard any number of tactics tokens to draw that many fate cards into their control hand. Then, starting again with the player with initiative, each player may purchase any number of stratagems. Then we're going to go to the activation phase. We're going to resolve the four parts in there. Play any stratagems. We're going to choose a unit. At that point, we're either going to pass or we're going to choose to activate a unit. Uh, when that unit activates, it would generate any tactics tokens. That unit is then going to be given an order. Then we're going to get to the end of the activation. And at the end of that unit's activation, if we have only activated one unit since our opponent's lacked activation, we can elect to do a coordinated strike. And with a coordinated strike, if neither the chosen unit nor the unit that just finished its activation is a commander, you must discard a tactics token to make a coordinated strike. So that's... And then we get to the end phase where we're going to do our scoring and we're going to shuffle our decks and get ready for the next turn. And there are five turns in a game of the other side. There are only ever five turns. So let's have a little bit of a bonus talk. And we're going to discuss the three special damage types on the other side. There are only three. They're pretty cool, though. They are piercing, accurate, and area. And each of them has a different effect on how an action is resolved. These damage types are not unique to the action uh, that generate them and do not apply to any triggers unless otherwise specified. So piercing. Uh, piercing action piercing actions that have piercing flip an additional card for the penetration flip. The flipping player must immediately choose one to place in the conflict and discard the others. The chosen card may still be cheated if possible. And again, we can only cheat if we have a full strength fire team. If we're missing even one model from a fire team, we cannot cheat. Alright, so also it can be accurate. Accurate actions can never remove more than one model from the game as killed, regardless of the amount of damage it does. To compensate for this, the damage from an accurate action cannot be reduced by the champion special rule. If this model if this damage results in a model being killed, the attacker can choose which model in the target fire team is removed as killed. So this is a very important um, ability. Basically, what accurate does is it lets you cherry pick out um, things in squads like adjuncts. Uh, because you get to choose as the attacker uh, with an accurate attack which model is removed. Um, additionally, these are absolutely critical against the uh, against uh, champions and commanders. Any, anyone with the champion role. Uh, because it's only going to ever remove one model, but it can do multiple damage. And because the commander is only one model, all that damage can, can soak into them. So this is a very strong, this is a very strong ability uh, and something that you should look out for and, and look to utilize, particularly if uh, your opponent has uh, adjuncts that they're using that are providing them huge benefits, like Raving Madmen. Uh, because raving madmen make the unit that they make the unit that they're attached to 
immune to shaken tokens, and Call to the Burning Man uses shaken tokens to go to glory um, and to not be harmed by them when those should be something that you can utilize for minus two acting value to your opponent when you're attacking them is pretty significant, and so accurate really does help with that. Uh, it also helps to kill off champions, uh, to kill off uh, commanders that often have the champion rule uh, because it, it prevents them from utilizing the champion rule uh, to, to soak damage. Finally, area. Uh, area is able to hurt fire teams that happen to be near the initial target. If the action was successful as part of the resolution, resolve effects, you're going to flip a card. All fire teams within three of the initial target that have an armor less than or equal to the value of that card suffer one damage, excluding the acting fire team. So yes, you can potentially burn up your friends that are within three. You will not burn up the acting fire team, though. The acting fire team is immune to its own area. Its friends, even if they're in the same unit, are not. So you have to be careful with area attacks. But... Again, area is pretty simple. You're going to flip a card during the resolve effect step. You are going to see if that card is equal to with it, that are within. You flip a card for everything that is within three of the initial target. And if anything has armor that is less than or equal to the value of the card that you flipped, they immediately suffer one damage. And that just excludes the acting fire team. Um, area is no joke. Um, area is an incredibly powerful ability. Really, all three of these damage types are very strong and are something that you should be utilizing uh, throughout your game. So read over your cards. See what has piercing. See what can get piercing. See what has accurate. See what you can get accurate on. Um, think about ways you can use it within the game to pick out adjuncts, to pick off commanders, uh, to pick off champion models, uh, and then ways you can help make these effects better. How can you position your force to avoid area damage by, you know, by spreading out by utilizing the eight-inch radius on squads um, to stay within command? They just all have to be within eight of each other. Uh, additionally, you want to look about how you can use bottlenecks in the terrain. And create bottlenecks in the train by placing your forces there to make area even better. By pinning your opponent in, by forcing them to, to gum up. And by gumming up, they're then going to be more susceptible to the area damage. The area damage is doing a lot of little damage across fire teams, and that adds up as you play through. I mean, you got to think about how all of these rules work. And then piercing, I mean, you're you're flipping two cards, choosing which one you want on a penetration flip, which means your penetration flip is immune to the black joker because when you flip additional cards, you get to pick which one it is regardless of what you flipped. So the black joker has no power on a piercing attack. It's something you have to think about. It's something that is different than other games that you've played. It's one of the things that I think really makes this rule set unique uh, and enjoyable is is how the additional flip works and interacts with the Joker. Uh, it's how we can have these models that bump up our squad, but accurate exists to go ahead and, and give the opponent some counterplay to it. 
area exists to make make to make positioning matter and to have to make you think about how you're moving through terrain how you're moving with terrain how you're utilizing simple systems to make the game even better for you and your opponent and that's really kind of the magic of the other side and so i hope your packages find you soon i hope your packages find you well let's get this let's get this kickstarter going um let's get it on the table let's get it painted let's get it out there let's get it demoing let's go i hope you are all enjoying this little series on kind of going through the rules in depth if there's something you would like to see covered please let me know i'm always on the discord uh, i am always on the facebook i'm always available on the twitter uh, and you can always shoot me an email so Remember, if you have a tactics token and you've only activated one unit since your opponent's last unit activation, you too can make a coordinated strike. The impossible to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run. Where the brave dare not go